This is episode 143 of the Landscape Photography Show. And before we get into today's content, I just want to say, go ahead and head over to landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream and sign up for the free class on the seven C's of composition. This is a class that's going to take you through how to compose better photos, give you the confidence to go out and shoot the photos that you've always dreamed of. You can set aside just 45 minutes to an hour, sign up for this free class at landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream, and start taking better photos after watching this class. Now, it's going to take you through all the things you need to know from setting up the shot, having the confidence to do so, and even some extra resources for your next steps. Again, that's landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream. In today's podcast, we're talking how do you start a website? How do you make your website better? Even if you're an expert, you've had a website for years, this episode is going to help you improve upon that website and make the user experience for your audience that much better. We're talking with expert Alex Vita on how photographers can improve their photography websites. This is a two-part episode, so this week and next week, 143, 144, we're going to be talking with Alex about going from the very beginning, maybe you don't have a website yet, what do you need to know right off the bat to make yourself stand apart from everyone else and improve upon your website that much more. And then through these two episodes, we're going to be talking about uh, if you already have a website, how do you make it better? How do you not focus so much on SEO? Yes, SEO is important, but this that we're going to talk about is that much more important. So these next two episodes are going to cover a lot of content that are going to help you if you're just starting a website, if you already have one, listen in because this is some really, really rich content. Welcome into the podcast. So you might be asking yourself, or maybe you've asked yourself in the past, should I even get a website for my photography? What should I do when I build that website out? You know, what, how do I even design this? What's most important? SEO, user experience. Should I even put a lot of time and energy into my website? And that's what we're talking about today on the podcast. And those questions are going to be answered. Uh, we have a guest with us, Alex Vita from foregroundweb.com who has really established himself as an expert in this field. So um, when he emailed me about this concept, about this topic, I was eager to let him come on and talk to you guys because I think this is really important, especially if you want to establish yourself and start getting the ball rolling on your photography career. Maybe even if you just want that as an option later on or if you want this as kind of like a side hustle that you're doing with your photography. We're going to be getting into questions on photography websites specifically, but Alex, I just wanted to bring you in and say thank you for coming on the podcast and welcome to Landscape Photography Show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me here and just hope I can provide some clarity to anyone watching. Absolutely. Why don't you get started in introducing yourself? Um, maybe how many years have you been teaching website performance and experience um, and, and maybe why you focus on photography websites specifically? I've been building websites exclusively for photographers for 14 years now already. 
I started out as a photographer myself. I didn't want, um, I, I studied computer science. I didn't want a comfy IT office job uh, too boring for me. So I wanted to be a freelancer. I was passionate about photography. Uh, did that for a while to the anxiety of my parents. <laughs> and I shot a few weddings. I had my own photo studio, shot some headshots. I sold stock photography and a few prints. And um, over time, I just built my own website to try to get my own name out there. That got noticed by other photographers and it kind of snowballed from there. My, my camera is gathering dust in the closet now uh, and I've been focused on building websites for other photographers across the world uh, since then. Uh, websites and consulting and SEO, everything around the website as well. You know, I think a, a misnomer in photography is when you even do it as a business, it's still your side job. You know, my camera's gathering dust on my shelf right now too. So it's not like I go out shooting every single day like a lot of people think I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. It's 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 a common problem, uh, but it also speaks to treating your work, your photography as a business and treating it seriously. Um, it, you need consistency and dedication and it shows, yeah. And I, I I don't know how much photographers go out there and shoot photos, but I know how often they post content on their websites and how they treat that seriously or not. That's what I can see. What is the importance of that in today's world? Of having a website in general or? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's... The alternative to having a website, this is kind of a negative definition, is having no website and maybe just having a social media presence. Like any amateur photographer can have an Instagram feed or whatever account. Uh, you, you don't get to be treated seriously uh, with just that usually. Um, the website is your online business card. If you ever reach a point where it's no longer just a hobby and you want to sell something or get hired for, to do something as a photographer, um, invariably people check out check you out online and they need to find a website and be impressed by it and find you serious enough to trust you. Um, plus, Again, speaking to that alternative, so having just social media profiles, they can pull the rug under you. Uh, algorithms change, social media platforms come and go. You don't own anything there. You just own a bit of attention maybe right now, but that can all change. Whereas a website is the asset that you own, that you have control over, same as having um, an email list versus having followers on Instagram. Same same thing. So once you get serious about photography, it's about the assets that you own. It's like renting versus owning a home, basically. I think uh, so many people get caught up in those numbers on social media. Um, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You don't own those numbers at all. You don't own that data. You don't own those followers that you have, the subscribers that you have. Um, and, and I think a great example of this, and this is a question that I get all the time too, is why should I not just have like a Facebook page and an Instagram profile? If you look at the history of Facebook pages, 
they got big at, at first and you were able to amass a, a good amount of followers, but then they cut it off and said, you know what? You can reach 1% of your audience with organic posts, or you could pay and reach 99%. So that was immediately taken away from you. Whereas the website side, you and the amount of work that you put into it is directly correlated with your growth as a photographer and, and ultimately a photography business, right? Exactly. Uh, you you said it well regarding Facebook. Instagram is the same thing. Once a uh, um, social platform reaches scale, uh, it starts to try to monetize all that traffic and attention. Instagram maybe has a different problem now. And I know Instagram is very popular with photographers. It was kind of the the best way to showcase work, photography work. But now it has a huge shift towards video and short-term video and reels to, you know, to fight with TikTok and um, photographers. Many of them are not comfortable shooting video or not that sort of, that sort of short type of video creation. Um, so again, it's, they pull the rug under you because they have other interests mostly money. <laughs> um, but yeah, the website is something that you can, you own, that you grow over time, that you can nurture and that can, yeah, that can bring you results and traffic and all of that. Let's start this chronologically and go from like starting a website all the way to some more advanced topics when we wrap up uh, this entire discussion. And Let's say like you don't even have a website yet. What do you even do then with that? Like how do you get one and, and where should you start first? Well, um, as with other things, it comes down to your goals as a photographer. Uh, a website, if, if you're going to have a good website, a great website, it's one that needs to get you results, results of some sort. And um, getting to those results requires a few steps before actually building a website or hiring someone to do a website or buying a template and all of those technical decisions. Um, you first need to to know your goals. Hey, I just want an online business card. I just want to showcase some of my best work and see where it leads. Uh, that's the minimum. Or you're more advanced and I want to get hired to to shoot some events or I want to sell prints or image downloads. So those are your goals. Uh, you have to know how to measure your goals. Uh, you have to know what your target audience is, uh, who is your ideal client, because that then informs how you build your website and what type of content you produce for the website. And then you go into actually creating the website. And then options vary, again, depending on your goals, ranging from something simple like a template-based portfolio website to the other extreme, which is a completely custom website with e-commerce and other stuff. So step one, define goals. Um, step two, once you've defined those goals, let's say, let's take the example of just having like a basic portfolio website with the option of adding e-commerce later. Um, let's go that route. Let's say domain name, um, setting that up. What should you do? What should you do with, with that? Um, with the domain name, uh, people 
already start to obsess about SEO, trying to include keywords in there without reaching that stage at all yet. Just keep it simple, your name as photographer or a brand name if you want to be associated as a brand name or if you're a team of photographers, sure. Usually just your name com if it's available keep it as simple as possible if it's not available or you have a very common name uh, john doe photo or photography.com uh, don't worry about including your location or your specialty as keywords in the domain name it, it, it doesn't matter it's such an insignificant if even a, a void seo factor it, it, it really doesn't matter um Domain name with any good domain register out there, um, then you start thinking about actually building the website. Uh, if it's just like you said, David, uh, for a simple portfolio website, maybe you have, you want room to grow in the future for e-commerce. Um, you have options for different platforms. Um, you have generic website platforms uh, like WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, and the other ones, or photography-specific platforms like PhotoShelter, SmugMug, Zenfolio, PhotoDeck, a, a bunch of them. Usually the difference is they have photography-specific features uh, included. Uh, the ability to sell stuff down the line and maybe they're more tailored towards photography websites. They optimize the images a bit better, or they have light boxes or ways to create private galleries to send to clients or, or stuff like that. You need to do some shopping around basically to look at their features and examples and see which one is the best fit. But out of all the platforms, including the generic ones, what I would say here as, as advice is um, don't don't get sucked into the, the template demos. So something might look really good off the shelf, like they, they like the demo of a template on a WordPress theme or a Squarespace template. It looks really pretty, but it might be inflexible. It might be really hard to customize. Uh, and you don't want just to, to slap your logo and uh, upload a few images because your website will end up looking as thousands of other photographers using the same template. You do want to set yourself apart somehow. And that's when the, the flexibility, the power of that template and platform comes into play. So it, it gets complicated here because you, you need some know-how, some technical knowledge to look at the platform features and see, hey, if I want to change things down the line, if I want to customize this, I don't want this type of layout, can I swap it to something else? That's where the decision matters. You can have a pretty, a simple, pretty portfolio website in half an hour using an existing template. But in a year from now, you don't, you want options. Hey, I just want to pause real quick and, and ask you to open up your calendar. Maybe you have it on your phone. Maybe you're old school and you do it in a notepad or maybe you have a calendar on your desk. Set aside 45 minutes to an hour right now, maybe on a weekend, after work, before work, on your lunch break. Go to landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream and start streaming this free class. It's going to take you about 45 minutes to an hour to complete 
take notes, learn everything you can because we're going to be going through how to compose better photos. The seven C's of landscape photography composition. What are they? What do they mean for your photography and how are they going to make you a more confident and better photographer overall? Again, that's landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream and you can start taking better photos now equipping you with what you need to know to compose better photos plus resources on next steps to take after the class. Again, landscapephotographyuniversity.com slash stream and start taking that free class right now. Let's get back to our talk with Alex. What do you see in this stage photographers doing and the biggest mistakes that they're making in, in this very, very early stage of getting their presence solidified online with a website? Um, one thing is the, the one that I said, it's uh, picking a very beautiful template out of the box, but uh, then realizing it's very limited and they can't customize it. And also just using a template system and looking like thousands of others, other photographers. Uh, as always, the, the image quality, the quality of your photography work always matter most, uh, matters most and trumps anything else in terms of web design. But still, you want to set yourself apart somehow. And then mistakes come when actually adding content to the website and customizing the website. Mistakes galore. Um, Things like um, adding too much content and it's confusing. Uh, the navigation menu is a huge uh, pitfall. Like it can have too many menu items or using clever names for the pages instead of the simple about content. Um, the homepage over time becomes a, a dumping ground of everything new added to the website. It never gets a cleanup, an optimization. Missing contact, contact information. I have to be a detective to find your email um, or an about page that's not trustworthy. I can't find a, a portrait image of you as a photographer. Why should I trust you? I need to see you. Uh, copywriting mistakes, um, being a solo photographer, but always saying we and us on the website. Are you a, are you a, a team or are you a solo photographer? I'm confused. So user experience and content mistakes uh, it's a lot can happen here there there is a lot that could happen in that phase um so let's say somebody just wants to set up their first website they've got their domain name they're taking your advice um in terms of setting up that home page Obviously, you said the menu items you want like home about contact portfolio I think where the would probably be the four main ones that I would do. Um, on the home page, what kind of content should you have on that? Um, for a very simple portfolio website, um, I'm not a fan of having a, a home page slideshow, like the, the, the common full screen slideshow that you often see on wedding photography websites. I think people don't have the patience anymore these days to sit and watch and, and watch a slideshow. So they just judge you based on the first image they see. Um, I'm more a fan of some sort of grid of images or collage of images, a, a few more thumbnails to show range of work and 
for people to make a more informed decision of your whole body of work. And then what's often missing on homepages of any type of website, whether it's a simple portfolio website or a very advanced for a pro photographer, is some sort of statement, a, a one sentence of what the website is all about, a five second description, what can I find here? Instead of, again, having to be a d detective to figure out what this photography does and what area or city it, it, it covers. That's it, it, Get these two parts right at the top of the homepage and you're already doing great. And then the rest of the homepage, depending on the complexity of the website, is just... It's a storefront, uh, entryways linking to the other pages, maybe a short bio linking to the about page, maybe um, boxes of services linking to a dedicated services page or, or a pricing page, it depends. Maybe uh, three, four recent blog posts and a link to view the entire blog section, um, something like that. Basically, the main sections, pages in the website, all having shortcuts on the homepage to go there. I think what you just said too, linking back to what your goals are as a photographer, depend greatly on what you're putting in that first short description on the top of your homepage as to what you're about and what you're trying to do for somebody, like what value you're adding to them. So you can go, if your goal is just to post pretty photos, that's great what is that going to do for that person or what sets you apart? What makes you different? If your goal is to educate people, what is the before stage that they're going to be at and what are they going to be at after they visit your website, um, sign up for your email list, all that. So, you know, my big thing is going from confusion to clarity with your photography through the educational side of it. Um, and, and I think that goes back to step one of, what are you going to do with that? And, and how are you going to change somebody's life with that? Yeah, you've said it well. And what I liked about what you said was uh, that it's supposed to be you focused, focused on, on, the, on the audience, on the reader, seeing that homepage, what the benefits they get from working with you as a photographer, instead of what I often see, um, which is, um just of the photographer writing about themselves i am this and i'm passionate about photography um so yeah it, it, copywriting is a difficult work and uh but if you just think about what they get out of working with you and put that in a short one sentence um then that should do the trick sure sure um I'm big on email lists. It, it harks back to what I was talking about at the very beginning, how you don't own any of the subscribers that you have. That platform owns them. Um, you want to get them onto your email list so you have the ability to send them features, send them information, and to send them content that is ultimately going to help them achieve X, achieve one thing, um, and providing a lot of value through that email list and helping them to get something out of that email list. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of photographers make on, on that side of it is 
look, you have an email list and you just have a link that's like, sign up for my email list. Well, I'm sitting there saying, why, why, why should I, what am I going to get out of it? Um, is there a free download that you're going to provide me out of it? What kind of content and am, am I going to receive? What are your thoughts on that, Alex, of obtaining people's email addresses and not obtaining them to just spam them newsletters um, kind of just about yourself? Um, email list hygiene, um, again, it comes down to providing value and, um, you won't get very far if, if you just gather an email list and only spam people, uh, it, it just, it, it will backfire. Uh, email, email deliverability will be low. Uh, you'll get spam complaints and all of that, and you won't get results from it. Uh, at least not, not in the long term. Um, that email is such an underutilized um, tool for photographers. I, I don't think on average photographers use newsletters that often. And uh, the same issue comes with, with blogging. They're kind of related. I often see photographers struggle to, to get the concept of content marketing in general, of blogging. They think it's just self-promotional self or it needs to be salesy. Uh, they don't know what to blog about. And then beyond that, they don't know what to email to people on their list. It's, it's kind of the same issue. Content creation is, is I think, the bottle, bottleneck there. And it, it really doesn't need to be that complicated. If photographers would just uh, deconstruct the services that they do for their clients, uh, like write them on a piece of paper, line by line, what do you do? Uh, preparations during the photo shoot, after, a month after, each of that, each of those line items is a blog post, is a newsletter email, a, a ton of educational content that they can repurpose and repurpose for their blog, for content on their website, on their homepage, on their services page, for their email list, for social media. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Email lists are not dead. Email lists are simply somebody providing you with their contact information and literally saying to you, I would like to hear from you on a regular basis. And you failing to do that is you doing a disservice to them. You failing to provide them with content that can add value to them is a disservice to them. So I would love to get your thoughts on this, Alex, but I always say, you know, one email blast per week is probably a good one, one blog per week that helps them with something. How do you go from X to Y? How do you uh, improve upon your photography? Uh, how do you, how can you add value to that person and what they're trying to achieve with their photography too? Exactly. Um, providing value and um, Answer pre-answering questions that clients might have. Um, if you if you sell any sort of services as a photographer, uh, note down any questions you often get from your clients. Any concerns? Uh, what should I wear for a photo shoot? How should I prepare? What happens after a photo shoot? What's your pricing? Of course, can I buy prints or albums on top of that? All of those can be turned into educational content for the blog, for the newsletter. It's just, uh, 
it needs a change in mindset away from SEO a bit, um, away from trying to rank more to get more clients and then towards providing value and being helpful. And that indirectly helps SEO and get results as well. Absolutely. Um, and I think with email specifically, like you said, providing that amount of, of benefit to them, but then also using links to link back to other articles or other blog posts or um, other YouTube videos, if you're doing that on further establishing, if they click through this, they're not going to be sold something. If they click through this, they're going to learn something else. And, and I think that further establishes your brand, quote unquote, as, as a photographer and what you're able to offer somebody as a photographer, even if you're not doing it solely for the educational purposes, um, that can really help somebody uh, and, and make them more appreciative of your content. And in, in the end, they start to trust you more. They, mm. they might not be ready to buy something from you to, to hire you for a service yet. But if they keep you top of mind, next month they see another piece of content from you. Uh, and maybe three months from now, they'll, they'll be looking for a, a photographer in your niche. Uh, you'll be top of mind and they'll already trust you because they know you're, you're there, you're consistent. Now, you've mentioned SEO a few times, um, specifically with, with blog posts, um, signing up for a domain and not worrying about that too much. What should be, let me, let me phrase it this way, what should in a blog post be added in terms of SEO versus the content that's provided to somebody? So b besides the actual content in the blog post, which should be educational, sure, there are on-site SEO details that should be taken care of to hopefully also rank well with that article and attract more traffic. Um, let's see. So you need to do a good job with heading tags. So make sure your blog template uses a single H1 at the top of the page. And then you're breaking down your content into other h2 h3 tags based on the hierarchy of the content that really explains to google well what the, the topics inside the blog post are uh, the seo title and the meta description um, for the blog post just to customize those so if someone sees your blog post in google search results um, maybe a, a, a misconception here that, that i often see from photographers is they try to cram keywords into the SEO title and the meta description, uh, hoping they, they will rank for that phrase again. But from what I've read, it's not a direct ranking factor. If you, if you put orange in your SEO title, you won't rank for orange. It's, uh, it's, it's just there to convince people who see your link in Google search results to click on your website. So that's why it's less about being keyword rich it's more about sounding natural and attractive and enticing enough for people to give you their click so it's a short change in mindset and then on the blog post image seo details like your images should have good file names and alt tags i know it's a lot of work to add alt tags and not do a copy paste job with them um yeah but the rest relies heavily on the content itself on 
the length, the, the usefulness of the content, internal linking in your website, like you said, linking to other pages, to other blog posts, so people explore more. All of these help Google see that the user has a good experience on your website, so then your website is worth ranking higher. I think, too, you may be asking yourself right now, if you're watching or listening, and you're thinking, well, I don't really know what questions to answer. Like, what questions do people have? A lot of times, as photographers, especially one who's providing educational resources, you can be paralyzed and disconnected from your audience because you're at such a high level of expertise you're foreign to the questions that they're asking. I would go in and do a Google search and just start typing in like what landscape photographers and then let it autofill that and just see what people are typing in that search box to ask. Um, Answerthepublic.com is another great resource for answering questions. Um, let's see, Quora is a great one. Um, let's see. Uh, there are a lot of great ones out there. Uber Suggest is a great option for that. Um, and, and I'm sure you have uh, articles on that on foregroundweb.com. Hey, I really hope that this added so much value to you as a photographer. Maybe you don't want to start a business with your photography. Maybe you just want to show your photos. Even still, take what Alex talked about and what I talked about and implement that to your photography and what you're doing right now. Even if you're starting from ground zero and you don't have a website yet, take what you learn here and start with that. Sometimes you just have to hit start and go. And even if you already have a website, I know this is really going to help you out too. In next week's episode, we're going to continue our discussion with Alex on this exact topic. So tune in for that one too. Please be sure and leave a review on whatever streaming device you're using, streaming platform, we're on all of them. So please be sure and leave a review about the podcast that helps us reach more photographers and help more people out, which is why I'm doing this in the first place. So please go and leave a review. Again, thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.